going to continue tonight on um, what's your advantage. So tonight I'm going to give you just another one, another one to think about. I'm going to read Psalm 90 verse 12. It says, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So today, if you want to give it a message title, it's called Every Day Matters. Every Day Matters. What's your advantage in life? Every day matters. What's your advantage in life? Every day matters. Why? Because most people don't see every day as matter. There's some days that matter and some days that don't. What's your advantage in life? Every day matters. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I've been alive on planet Earth for over 18,000 days. 18,000 days. You know, when I get my next birthday card, I want to see, you know, the days, not the years. <laughs> kind of feels better. 18,000 days doesn't sound so long, but 50 years sounds forever. But let me give you a perspective on numbers. Um, there's so many different angles you can do here, but I'll just take a, one angle. We get, all of us in this room, 365 days. Out of the 365 days, we will get 52 Sundays. I like to call them 52 Vision Sundays. Most people don't have any vision in their lives, but you get 52 of them. And the truth is, if you really want to go all in, you can have 365 vision days. In other words, every day can be filled with vision for your life. Take the 52 days away from the 365 days. You still have 313 days left. Out of that 313 days, you will probably commit to around 250 days to work. I said probably. Leaving you with about 63 days left. Let's say that you have some holiday time, two weeks in the summer, one week at Christmas, conservatively, let's say about 21 days holiday. This still leaves you 34 days to do something else. In other words, if you break all your days down, if you start to number your days, it's going to reveal so much about you and it's going to say so much about you. And that's what I think Psalm 90 is trying to help us understand. If you want to teach your heart to be wise, number your days. In other words, we're all allocated a certain amount of time. And I believe like time, like it's a resource. And so we can either despise that resource or we can use that resource to the glory of God. So let me think about this. As, as you can see, time is valuable. Time is valuable. Are you wasting time? Or are you gaining time? You say, how do you gain time? I mean, if it's allocated, how can you gain time? Well, it's amazing how everybody starts the week with the same amount of opportunity. And yet at the end of the week, some people feel like they've lost the week and other people feel like I've achieved so much in the week. So what I'm trying to say here is, is ask you a simple question. Are you wasting time? Maybe you've come from another country and you found yourself in Berlin, like Holland just said, from Indonesia. And think about the time that he's got while he's in Germany. He's either here forever or he's here for a season. But ask yourself the question, am I wasting time? God, am I wasting time? I'm in Berlin. Am I wasting time on the things that don't matter? Or am I going to start allocating time to the things that matter? And I just want you to understand, it's not supposed to be confronting to hurt you, but 
this is the nature of God's Word. You know, we've got to read Hebrews chapter 12 and he says, if you're my son, I'm going to discipline you. And we've got to remind that discipline is not beating like some people think it is. Discipline means I'm going to show you my standard. And God is always holding up a standard before us about how much He loves us. And it's always the standard of His Son. He always shows up. His Son on the cross is God's standard. This is how much I loved you. This is how much I loved you. And I want you to understand that if you grow up in a household and you're never corrected, you will grow up seriously the most disappointed person in life. It's very dangerous to raise children into the future to become adults who have never been corrected. It's not healthy, it's not wise, and it creates monsters for society. It's like if you got everything that you ever wanted, every demand you got, every time you screamed for an ice cream and smashed the floor for chocolate or whatever it is that you want to get a hold of, the point is, is, is there is room for correction as human beings and there's also room for correction when it comes to our relationship with God. So let me get back to the question. Since you've been in Berlin, are you wasting time or are you using your time wisely? And I only think you can answer that question. So if you're here, be here. You're not in that country you've come from. You're in Berlin. You're not from that city in Germany. You're in Berlin. You're not over there. You're here. And I think that's the biggest challenge for all of us is to realize, not in our head somewhere else, but go, I'm here. If you're in a marriage, be in the marriage. If you're in a relationship, be in the relationship. If you're in a job, be in the job. And I think if you're in a church, be in the church. And I think sometimes when we just get honest with ourselves, I actually believe you'll see a lot more momentum in your life when it comes to walking with God. Sometimes we've got this idea, God's silent, God's distant, God's out there and I'm here and He's out there and I don't know where. And I'm telling you, He's never distant. He's always close. He's always personal. There's not a day He's quiet. Every day when the sun comes up, He's screaming, I love you. My mercies are new every morning. My love will follow you all the days of your life. My faithfulness is everlasting. So you can't tell me God's quiet. He's not. It's just where are you located? And so let's get back to the question. And I love what it says. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, you're a wise man if you start looking at your days in the right way. I've only got a certain amount of time and I want to do it well. And I think if you start your approach to life or if at least you can pick up this moment in time and say, you know what, I'm not going to start numbering my days. Well, that's just German. It's not German. People always criticize. I live in Berlin. They can't open an airport. So you've got to understand, it's like everybody labels Germans as the most organized, the most efficient. Well, yeah, there are some things that are organized and efficient, but there's a whole lot of things that don't work. And so what I'm trying to say, don't turn it into a culture message. Turn it into Bible, God's Word. What does God's Word teach me? What does God's Word teach me? Amen? And so these are the things that I want you to think about. 52 Sundays is, our church has taken over my life. Really? Even if you go every Sunday out of 365 days of the year, 52 away, you've still got 313 days to do whatever you want. And obviously work is going to get more of you than churches. But I don't hear anyone saying, work's taking over my life. Well, some of you do. So what I'm trying to say here is it's about perspective. And I think the wisdom of God, what will God's Word give you? It'll give you a godly perspective. And so I think what we need to understand is time is valuable. It's like every resource God has given us. He's given us money. He's given us time. He's given us talents. He's given us gifts. He's given us so many beautiful resources. 
So what are we going to do with these resources? Are we going to use it for the glory of God? Are we going to be time wasters? And I really want to challenge you to think about it tonight. And one of the things that changed in me when I moved to Berlin is I started to think decades, not days. I moved from what could God do in 10 years instead of what could God do this year. And I want to challenge you to think about that tonight. I want you to at least consider, instead of putting all the pressure on one year, why don't you start thinking, what could God do in 10 years? At whatever age you are in the room right now, put 10 years on your life. So for me, I'll be 60. (laughs) But if we're going to use our days wisely, one thing I would love to encourage you with is to fill your days with the Word of God. You can fill your days with a lot of things, a lot of activity. I think a lot of us in the room, we won't do many days without a phone. In fact, I don't think we can do minutes without a phone. But how long can you go without the Word of God? Weeks, months, for some of you probably years. But I think it's worth talking about because your advantage is that you place value on the days that God's given you. A lot of people do not value time. They waste time. And your advantage in life is that I am not going to waste the time God has given me. There may be time in your life where you've wasted it, but this is not about what you've done in the past. This is about this moment and choosing to say, well, the days that I have got ahead of me, I'm going to use them to the glory of God. Well, one thing I believe will give you an advantage is about bringing the Word of God into your days. How many people bring the Word of God into their days? I think there's not that many, to be honest. And I think it's something that we can actually look at. And I want to bring you back to the story I used last week. And the children of Israel, they had to leave one land and they had to go into another land. And the land that they were in, they were slaves. They were slaves in the land. And God was wanting to take them as slaves in the land to owners in the land. And the difference between becoming slaves in the land to owners in the land was simply this. Caleb and Joshua believed what God said. So they hold on to the word of God. They trusted God at his word that their children would be owners in the land. And the true thing is that all these guys that were spies that saw the same thing as Joshua and Caleb, they literally, literally stopped all the generations going into the promised land. And it's a tragic story. And I wonder how many of us in the modern 21st century that have left the land of slavery. In other words, we've said yes to Jesus. The metaphor is we have said yes to Jesus. We have now been put in a place of freedom, but we don't know what freedom looks like. We don't know what it sounds like. And so we're still living free, but living a prisoner. And yes, you in one way are a prisoner to Christ, but he's the only one who can be your master and still free you, if you know what I'm saying. So you come into this place of freedom. You've got to realize God wants to take you to a journey of an owner, not a renter, not a someone who is still in slavery. He wants to take you upwards and onwards. Everything about God is about lifting you up to a better place. And I want you to understand that because God's word, it will help you overcome the greatest challenges. And if you think that you're going to number your days and feel like, yeah, my days, my days are going to be great days, but great days full of challenges. There's going to be great challenges in your days. And so you've got to know how to bring the word of God into your day. And so what I want to give you a little bit of a perspective. This is what Joshua was instructed to. Joshua chapter one, it says, Joshua, you must be strong and brave. You must lead these people so that they can take their land. I promised their fathers that I would give them this land, but you must be strong and brave about obeying the commands my servant Moses gave you. If you follow these teachings exactly, you will be successful in everything you do. 
always remember what is written in the book of the law. Speak about that book and study it night and day. Then you will be sure to obey what is written there. And if you do this, you will be wise and successful in everything you do. Remember, I commanded you to be strong and brave. Be, don't be afraid because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So listen, this is what he was instructed to do is don't go into the land that's full of giants. It's the land I've given you, but there's lots of challenges in the land and I will be with you. But what I love about it, God already gave an instruction to Joshua. He said, meditate on my word. And I want you to think about your advantage in life. Your advantage is simply this. Are you willing to meditate on God's Word? Are, are you literally willing to get into the Word before you're willing to get into anything else? And I think if we would be willing to pick up this challenge in the 21st century, we just might be surprised how much momentum we find in our work. So let me give you some perspective on the Word of God. Is that okay? Matthew 4 verse 4, It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. It takes more than German bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So God's Word needs to be more than ink on paper. It needs to be a revelation in your heart. And that's what I believe the Holy Spirit has given to us to help us to read the Word and see Jesus in the pages. Number one, God's Word will feed you and strengthen you. If your advantage is bringing the Word of God into your everyday life, because we're going to teach our hearts how to actually count and number our days, imagine if you were to bring the wisdom of God into your everyday. What, what could God's Word do for you before you go to work? What could God's Word do before you make some decisions about your life? And I just think sometimes we make it so complicated and yet often the answers are right in front of us. So number one, God's Word will feed you and it will strengthen you. Isaiah 40 says this, He gives power to the weary and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Young people can become weary and exhausted. Even in the prime of their life, the young can still falter and fail. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up on the wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Those who wait upon the Lord and renew their strength. I wonder how many times you've wanted your strength renewed and you think taking a doctor's six week you know, sick leave is going to restrain. I've just learned over the years, you can have six weeks off and it doesn't fix anything. I found that energy produces energy. A lot of us think that I'm going to get energy by resting. You don't. You reap energy by sowing energy. And if you want rest, you have to sow rest. Does that make sense? And so these are the things we've got to consider. So anyone in here where you've been, you've been a runner, but now you've slowed down? You're on fire, but now you're kind of smoldering? You know, there's no strength in your walk anymore and in fact, you're not even walking for the Lord anymore. So I just think sometimes we've got to realize if you want to bring strength into your day, bring the Word of God into your day, that's your advantage. Your advantage is what is it that everybody could do, but they're not willing to do? Well, your advantage is just do what no one's willing to do. In other words, you'd expect every, every believer would read their Bible. Really? Every believer reads their Bible? The truth is, it's a fight to read your Bible. It's an effort to read your Bible. And it's a fruit of knowing Jesus. So the more you know Him, 
the more you can get to read the Word of God. I always tell people, you don't come to church to learn the Bible. And obviously the religious people hate me for saying that and they think I'm wrong. But that's not really why you go to church. You come to church to meet Jesus. And when you meet Him, you want to read the Bible. You just so want to read the Bible. I know a lot of people who know the Bible, but they don't know Jesus. And you say, "That's how can that be? Easy. Religion. A lot of people know the Word and they can quote it back to front, but do you know Him? And that's the key is, do you know Him? And it won't be one without the other, but when you get to know Him, you can't help but read the Word because it's a fruit, not a requirement. It's a fruit, not a requirement. Come on, say it with me. It's a fruit, not a requirement. Reading your Bible is a fruit of knowing Jesus. So don't make it a requirement when the Bible says it's a fruit. Amen? You don't produce fruits in your life. Your job is to look to the vine, Jesus, and as a tree. How many times have you seen a tree straining in the orchard? Ping! Ping! It's just ridiculous. They just ping apples and they just ping grapes and oranges. In other words, it's a fruit of staying connected. So your job is to look at the vine and stay connected to Jesus, the vine. Not to look at the arm branches and go, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Come on, there should be, come on, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where, are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you giving? Are you doing? No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. You look at the fruit. No, you look at the vine. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Ping, fruit comes. And it comes almost like, Wow. I'm telling you now, a lot of the things that you and I try to do is because we try to do it instead of enjoying a relationship with Jesus. I want you to think about it is that you can be renewed as you look to Jesus. Habakkuk chapter 3 says this, The Lord God is my strength. He makes me like a deer that shall not stumble um, so I can walk on the steep mountains. So number two, God's word will give you stability and security. God's word will feed you and strengthen you. And God's word will give you stability and security. First Peter 1, the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. You can build your life on the word of God. You can build your life on the word of God. It'll give you security and it'll give you stability. Our world is paranoid about security. You think your wealth is going to keep you secure? It can be gone like that. Everything that you think is helping you feel secure literally can be taken like that. Think about all them precious families affected by the floods in India. Gone like that. Think about the innocent people driving on the bridge in Italy. Gone like that. How close does it have to come before we'll wake up? Do we have to wait till death is knocking? Do we have to wait till tragedy is all over us before we'll humble ourselves? Your advantage is your ability to place value on every day. Every day counts. Every day matters. But if you'll bring the Word of God into you every day, you're already at an advantage. God's Word can give insight. It can bring perspective. 
it can steady your heart even though you're going into a troubling day. You might be heading into a storm on Monday, but God's word can steady the ship. It can steady the, the troubled heart. It can reassure in ways that no one else can. You can't live your life on Prozac. You can't live your life on antidepressants. Europe is a high consumer. France, Germany, and the UK are the highest consumers of antidepressants and Prozac and all of these things. And I just think, man, how far do we have to go before we'll wake up to the power of the Word of God? Number three says, God's Word will heal you and keep you healthy. Proverbs 4 says, don't lose sight of my words. 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 Let them penetrate deep within your heart for they will bring life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. The Word of God will heal you, restore you. It'll keep you healthy. Number four, God's Word will give you a direction in life. Psalm 19 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. My lips, with my lips, I recount all your words that come from my mouth. I meditate from your mouth. My, with my lips, I recount all the words that come from your mouth. I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your word. And I love what it says in Jeremiah, the first chapter, the Lord's message to Jeremiah, who became a, a prophet in the land. Before I made you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I chose you for a special work. I chose you to be a prophet to the nations. But when I said, Lord, I don't know how to speak. I am only a boy. But the Lord said, don't say I'm only a boy. You must go everywhere I send you and say everything I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of, of anyone. I am with you and I will protect you. This message is from me, the Lord. Then the Lord reached out with his hand and touched Jeremiah's mouth and he said, Jeremiah, I am putting my words in your mouth. I'm putting my words in your mouth. I'm putting my words in your mouth. Today, I have put you in charge of nations and kingdoms. If every young person got a revelation that the Word of God in your mouth is more powerful than a young man signed up for the United Nations. Listen, I've got nothing against doing all these amazing things and opportunities that come young people's way. But I'm telling you, do not limit the Word of God in your lips. Do not limit the Word of God in your heart. Do not limit the Word of God. It is powerful. And literally, it can uplift kingdoms and it can pull them down and it can put them up. And I'm saying, get a revelation of the Word of God. Every day matters. Daniel got to work for not just one hostile king, but he got to work for multiple hostile kings. Moses didn't just work for Pharaoh, he lived in his home. We get upset when one man goes and visits Donald Trump and we have a holy fit on social media. We have one person visiting another person and we have this person doing this and we lose it within seconds. Hypersensitivity. We've got all sorts of people in the story of faith doing the most incredible things. 
Moses didn't just work for Pharaoh. He lived in his home. And God raised him up to be a deliverer. Daniel was a prophet in a very pluralistic society, so much similar in our ways today, and yet he held his ground. I'm just saying you might just don't, don't get according to that religious language. If God's put you in that office, you hold your core. If God's put you in that school, you hold your ground. If God's put you in that city, you hold your ground. If God's put you in that nation, you hold your ground. If God's put you in that business, then you hold your ground. You've got to understand it's not get out when it doesn't conveniently fit your, it's got to be about to the glory of God. What's your advantage? Everyday matters. What's your advantage? Everyday matters. God is the ultimate recycler. What does that mean? He takes our bad days, our rubbish days, our ugly days. He takes our good days, our bad days, our ugly days, and He uses them to the glory of God Himself. He's the only one who can do it. He's the ultimate recycler. You may have a whole lot of bad days in your life, but God will take them and He'll use them and He'll put them into your story. Don't be worrying about the ugly days. God saw them. God knew them. God saw them before you even got to your ugly days. And I'm telling He uses everything. He takes every day, even the wasted days. And He says, look what I'm going to do with them. But your advantage is every day matters. And I'm going to bring the Word of God into my every day. And if you'll bring the Word of God into your every day, remember it's a fruit, not a requirement. You're going to find yourself with a whole lot of momentum in your life that you never probably saw before. I can't make you read your Bible. I don't think God can even make you read your Bible. But His love for you, His overwhelming love for you, could soften you and melt you in a way that you just may want to open the book. Get to know the author of your faith. Get to know what it's all really about. Well, I don't like the Old Testament stuff. That's okay, but you're not understanding what it's about. You're reading a part, not a whole. You don't watch one clip of a movie and judge a movie. And if you do, you just no one's going to listen to you. Your reviews will be deleted because they don't matter. You've got to listen to the whole movie. You've got to read the whole novel. You've got to read the whole book. You, I don't like that chapter. Rip it out. You can't rip out the chapters of the bits you don't like. Maybe you are in a position to direct a movie or a scriptwriter or a storyteller and you can take out things and put things in. But that's the thing is, is you've got to understand the Bible is not what you think it is. It's bigger than that. It's better than that. So don't read the bad bits and go, I'm not reading that. You've got to realize there's a purpose in there. There's a revelation in there. There's gold in there. Jesus is in there. And I want you to know, don't just chuck away the things that you don't understand. Get a revelation. Do something about it and say, I want to go and learn more about my Bible. I want to know about my faith. Why am I saying this today? Because there's no faith without the Word of God. There's no faith without the Word of God. So if every day you're putting the Word in, where's faith coming from? It's coming out of you. Well, I just got no faith. I've never known anyone to have no faith as they read the Word. You read the Word, faith arises. So I don't want to say that. I just want to say, church, where are we going to go with this? Are we going to go somewhere or are we just going to ignore this? I'm not going to have a class next week and say, show me your notes. That's not the kind of church we're building. But are you going to value every day? 
Are you going to bring the Word of God into you every day? Oh, well, you're telling me to read my Bible every day. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just saying when you see value, you do it. When you place value, you do it. It has to be a value. It has to be more than a priority. It has to be absolute importance. If you can pick up your phone, you can actually read the Word. Today, the Word is so on your phone, it's embarrassing. Everything we do, we're trying to put on your phone because it's part of a, an extension of who we are today. I'm not fighting that. I'm just trying to say the Word of God will change you. The Word of God will lift you. The Word of God will heal you. The Word of God will direct you. The Word of God will stable you. The Word of God will bring security to you. The Word of God will help you navigate the craziest days of your life. 